been searching for a podcast that can motivate you, inspire you, and teach you about business and life all at the same time. Well, we've got you covered. This is Beyond the Blueprint with Matt. Whether you're seeking to unlock the secrets of real estate success or seeking guidance in the world of marketing and coaching, you're in the right place, helping to educate and motivate you through real-life experiences with work and life. We'll uncover stories like how a family's homeowning dream turned into their living truth or how a struggling rookie transformed into a top realtor. You'll find there's always a way forward, pushing the boundaries of what's possible. This is Beyond the Blueprint with Matt. And now your host, Matt Sochi. All right, everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Blueprint. We are very excited uh, for this episode. This is part three of a four-part series. And luckily, we have our first guest. We have Tony Tizone. Wow, man. First guest? Wow. All right. (laughs) Yeah, All this right. is about our seventh episode, All so right. it's glad to have somebody on here. So let me tell you a little bit about Tony. Um, known Tony for, what, eight years? Yeah, almost eight, nine years, yeah. Yeah, wow. so it's, it's been a long time. So if you don't know Tony, um, Tony is a uh, he's in a leadership role with AT&T called Corporate America. Corporate America. But he also works with us at Premier Mortgage. I right. do, I do. So, um, how long have you been uh, with us at Premier Mortgage? Um, well, we've been doing this now three, yeah, I three think years. It's been about three, three years, years, right? Yeah, awesome, awesome. And uh, the reason why, I, well, Tony flew all the way from Texas to be on this podcast, so let's give him a round of applause for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I should have flown. Should have flown. Oh yeah, you did drive. I, I did drive. I forgot you brought you brought the beautiful C eight. Had to. Um, so the the cool thing about Tony is. Um, Tony has been a big inspiration for myself, um, and we'll tell a little bit of story of how we met um, going back to when I worked for Corporate America, AT&T, and um, we just want to talk. I have some good questions for him. I think there are a lot of people out there that um, that do listen and follow our podcast. You know, I think that you might find some enriching stories and golden nuggets from this, and I think that Tony has some things to bring to the table. Um, so if we go back, first of all, if you're watching this, Make sure you like and subscribe. All right. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into this. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> uh, and if you know anybody out there that likes to listen to podcasts that aren't too long and get some stories, um, definitely make sure that you share this with everybody. Again, this is Beyond the Blueprint. So Tony and I met probably about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is back when I was a store manager for AT&T. And unlike Tony, that was a position I came into the company as and what I left as. And Tony has a pretty unique story that we want to share because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are working for maybe corporate America and different types of jobs and kind of just at a standstill. And Tony is somebody I know that's gone to the extreme to get up into where he is today, doing things that most people probably wouldn't think of. So tying it into beyond the blueprints, going outside the box on things. So there's some good things there, but I do remember, and I just want to tell a quick story is you know, we had an opening for an uh, assistant manager. I think at the time we had two spots. One person got promoted. And that was a big thing is always developing the future. Right. Um, and I remember sitting in the office with, at the time, uh, area manager, Joe. And we were doing interviews. And I remember Tony had a presentation. And I'm going to clap a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to hire this guy. I don't know. I just... 
but then we started talking. I was like, this guy's got some really awesome energy. And what ended up happening was we did hire Tony and he could kind of tell a story about that, but he came down from Ohio um, and started joining our team and now he's done very well. But so Tony, you know, talk to us a little bit about your career path with where you work now, AT&T. So how did you start? What level did you start at? Yeah. Um, and going up to when we met each other. Yeah. So, you know, right out of the gate, I had started with AT&T as a part-time retail sales consultant. Okay. And it was really, it wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't even on my radar. Um, I was a full-time college student. I wanted to be a lawyer. I was in school to be an attorney. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I was actually working Five Guys Burgers and Fries, man. I was That was my job. Um, you know, had, had uh, some very good news. Found out I was going to be a dad, right? So it changed my entire perspective, right? I knew, like... I had to be supportive. I had to be able to bring some money into the house, make sure that my daughter was taken care of. And I knew just working at five guys wasn't going to be enough. So I had found the part-time ad, went and actually applied for it. Was it in the paper? <laughs> no, it wasn't in the paper. It was online. Um, so I applied for the job, right? And I remember when I got the phone call that I got the job, um, they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to fly out to Minnesota. You got to go. I'm like, Minnesota for training? I was like, all right, this, this is a whole new world. So when you were in Ohio, they said you had to go to Minnesota. For training. Wow. For new hire training. So what's an RSC, just for everybody? So it's a retail sales consultant, and I had started part-time. So I was only doing like 4 o'clock at night to like 9. So 4 to 9, basically closing yeah. or opening on the weekends, you know, short hours like that. Okay. So I was doing college. I was doing five guys, and I'll never forget, like, when I really got into it, and I started really swinging both jobs. I was running and showering in the bathroom at five guys to run across to the mall to go close AT&T. Wow. And Isabella was born and I had done so well with AT&T. The compensation, like, I'm not going to lie. It, it was, it was more money than I had ever made. Sure. Working at fast food. So I had a tough decision that I had to make because I had built such a relationship with the owner of five guys of the franchise that I worked for that, um, it was a tough decision to walk away, but I had given been given the opportunity to be full-time as an RSC. So obviously full-time, more money, more stability, more benefits. Sure. Right? It made more sense. So I walked away from five guys, started doing the full-time RSC role. Um, Real quick, do you miss flipping burgers? <sighs> no, man. <laughs> no, but I, but I will tell you, five guys, burgers, and fries. I've heard lots of great things. It's one of the best burgers <laughs> you can get, man. Um no, but all jokes aside, like I, I started doing very well, very well. I think my path, um, career path with AT&T launched. It, it really did. Um, just month after month, you know, seeing the sales that, that I was getting and the commissions that were coming in, I was able to start living a life that I had never had, right? Um, which was eye-opening. I was like, wow, this is, this is great. This is really good. Um, so how many years were you in RSC for? I'd say two. I think okay. it was two years. Then how did you how did you find our opening in Fort Myers? Well, I was I had got promoted. I was ASM, right? So I moved stores. I was assistant store manager, and it was right around Directv's acquisition. That's when this this happened. So AT and T had purchased Directv. We had only been selling it in twenty one states, and Ohio was one of them. Okay, Florida was not. So one of the le- and I don't know if you remember, but one of the things that I had leveraged in the interview was you guys are about to start selling. Basically, our future at that time, what sure. AT&T was throwing its dollars into, 
and no one down there knows how to sell it because you guys aren't selling it. But guess what? I do. I think that was the kicker. I, don't, I mean, a lot of that's erased from my mind, considering what, what we do now. Nope. You know. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome. So yeah, we did transfer, and then you and I met. Mm-hmm. We had no clue about who we were. You know, no idea. we didn't know each other. No idea. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We did. I mean, at the time, that was the good times, and we ran a really solid operation. It was back when retail was, it was still an explosive thing. I remember we'd have iPhone launches, like, we'd be there 4.30 in the morning, we had <laughs> news crews outside, like, lines still around. The, I mean, you don't get that now, right? Everything's so simplified with online and digital. It really gives everybody a digital presence. But yeah, those were the days, man. Those were the days. So, fast forward now. Yeah. Right. So obviously I left the company. Um, I started doing mortgages and doing AT&T at the same time. And I saw a lot of value in obviously what I do today. Mm-hmm. So I decided to leave and obviously take on the self-employed role, the whole new mantra. But so fast forward today. So what were some of the things that you had to do to get to your level of leadership that you're in now? Make sacrifices. Okay. I've made a lot of sacrifices. So for everybody, like sacrifices are really, really key. So if you're stuck in a job where you're working nine to five, mm-hmm. been doing it for 10 years and just wondering why I never get promoted or moved up, I think this is an important part to really, you know, engage in and listen to because Tony has been to four states. Mm-hmm. Has it been four? Yeah. You got Ohio, Florida. Minnesota. I'll tell you that story. And Texas. Texas now. All right, so talk a little bit about from when you were down here in Florida, right? So you were in Florida, you were at RSM. What was that next step that you had to take for your family and for yourself to yep. get to that next level? Yep. So just normalize path of progression, right? You're sitting as a store manager. You have really, your next two logical options would be, or your next logical option would be an area retail sales manager. Okay, mm-hmm. it's level two position um, or an ISM, which is the in-home experts version of an area manager, technically. Um, and, you know, those jobs at that time, they they weren't open as much as you would think. They It wasn't something that you could just easily grab onto and make happen. Right. It was all about who you knew. Like it was what, political. What you were, it was, there's, there's always political. I mean, corporate America, you're going to have the political game. So I had to make a sacrifice and. It was probably one of the hardest decisions. And, and I'll tell you why, because I love Florida. Like it's my second home. Right. I come down, I see you guys all the time. Like it, it just, it is. And when I made that choice and, you know, I talked through it, I'll never forget telling everybody like, Hey, there's an opportunity for me to get promoted, but there's some butts that come with it. <laughs> and you know, the natural question was, well, what, what, but well, we got to pick up and leave sunny Southwest Florida for, you know, the polar North up in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. And man, I pissed so many people off. I remember when you life. said you were going to Minnesota and I was like, what in the world are you doing? It was so bad, man. And I couldn't believe that I was doing it, but I had went into it with the mindset of it's a temporary pain, right? And it's something that has to happen for me to be able to grow in my career. Sure. Okay. As an individual and as, as an employee for a corporate American company. Okay. And I did just that packed up. I'll never forget company moved us up there, found a house, the whole deal. And we got settled and I'm like, all right, it's not bad. And, and I had already walked, walked into this knowing I'm from Ohio, right? Yeah. Cold weather, like whatever I'll get over it. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll get through it. The whole deal. No, 
No, so Minnesota, and for anybody that lives out there, listen, I tip the hat to you. You guys can keep it. Um, it's nicer in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> Anyways, it's um, it's a whole different ball game, man. And we moved up there, had the house, the whole deal, and got hit with this polar polar vortex, which apparently hadn't happened in years. And I'm talking like negative fifty six degrees with the windshield. Shit you see like on on Weather Channel, open up the garage door and you got another garage door just the snow. Like, oh my god! You're, you're there's nowhere to go. You can't do anything. Like you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, sure. and it, it was life changing, man. Like, What's the craziest thing that that you saw in Minnesota <laughs> or anything? So you know there was the challenge going around, and it's not necessarily bound to Minnesota, but your northern states, right? You go take a pan of boiling water. Just throw it up in the air and it turns straight into <laughs> snow. Like, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. Between that and the amount of snow that you get up there and just how cold it gets. Right. Um, and I'll never forget, like, my driveway had a little bit of a slope. I had just bought a brand new Chevy Silverado, brand new truck. And I walked out one morning because I'm going to go make a cup of coffee, you know, get, get ready for my day. And I look out the window and I had noticed my truck had literally slid down the driveway overnight and was hanging out into the road. Oh my God. And I'm just like, I'm like, what did I sign up for, man? And luckily things panned out for me the way that I walked into them, hoping that they would. And, um, you know, I had continued my progression. I had met someone that ended up being a mentor for me within the company. Um, I did some management development program with executive leaderships and, um, was given an opportunity and I never forget when I get the, when I got the phone call, man. I get the phone call, I answer, and I'm talking to him. And he had been mentoring me for a while. Now he's like, "How would you like to move to Houston?" <laughs> I was like, uh, "Thank yes, you, like, Jesus!" Like yesterday, like yeah, let's make that happen. And that's what I did, man. We you know packed up, you know made another sacrifice. And when I say sacrifice, that really. I wouldn't view that as a sacrifice. But oh, I'd be like, that's my a daughter, blessing. So my daughter, she'll be 11 in February. Um, she's been, she's moved. She's moved. Now, you know, my goal, and I had always told myself. Because you had her in Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. So she's yep. fourth state. Yep. So I, had, I always told myself, like, kindergarten, elementary school, like, we'll, we'll, you know, she's still growing. She's still getting, you know, bigger. Like, we'll be okay there. But I'd always promised myself, once we hit, like, middle school, right, and, the socialism piece is just such a big, important part of their development. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to want to move and jerk her from school to school and from friends. From I just I don't want to do that. That's not the life that I want her to live. Sure. Um, so I moved early. And now here I am. I moved to Houston. And I had thought Houston was going to be a one-year show. I've been there now four and a half wow, years. Wow, it's been that long. Four and a half years in Houston. And... Luckily, I don't think I'm going to be moving far from there. All right. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's it's quite the story. So, and for me personally, being in leadership when I was with AT&T right. for, I think, almost 12 years, mm-hmm. being in Summit and all those different things, is that there was a lot of people that just never really thought outside the box. They were just like, oh, I'll be an RC, which is a rep, and they go to management and then try to hope for that next step. But the people that I've seen, even to this day, that have grown within a huge company, one of the mm-hmm. biggest companies probably in the world, right? It's a large company. Very, very, very large. large. International and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is 
the people that are have that growth mindset mm-hmm. that are like, okay, yes, you're gonna have to take some sacrifices, right? But at the end of the day, they're probably gonna result in wins. Um, and that's things that you've done. And, and I've seen a lot of people that have moved up are the ones that have moved to different places. Yeah. And, you know, what, how do you stay motivated? I mean, being in corporate America versus, it could be different than what I know now because it's been about four years maybe. Yeah. So for me, I've, I'm self-motivated. I wake up in the morning, I come here and, you know, write loans and talk to buyers. But right. how does somebody stay motivated maybe in a job that they've been in and maybe stagnant? Like, what are some things that you could maybe give for advice? So I think staying true to your roots, it's it's an important thing for me. Um, not forgetting where you come from. I, I think it's it's probably the most important thing. And I sit back and I think about it all the time. And, you know, from Youngstown, Ohio, shout out to the 330. Um, you know, I still got my mom up there and it will always be home, right? right. But I will tell you this right now, wholeheartedly, had I not reached out to you, and made that step. And a lot of people don't, man. Like, I got friends. And look, everybody has their own cup of tea. Like, you do you, right? That's their home. It's been their home. That's their parents' home. That's their parents' parents' home, right? They've never left. It's the same thing day in, day out. And I will tell you, the number one thing for me was taking that step and actually looking outside of what I'm used to. And it's important because sometimes, and it might be cliche, we say it all the time, right? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's important. It's important. I say it all the time. If you're going to motivate yourself, right, you have got to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's the only way you're going to grow. And I was a kid, man. Like, I was, what, 22 when I left? Yeah. And I had my family there. Um, and I'll never forget, I just had Isabella. My mom was so mad at me because you left. that's her granddaughter. <laughs> right. And it's her only granddaughter. And... I'm taking basically uprooting and taking her, but it was the motivation and the fire inside of me to know that there is more out there in the world. And if you're going to be successful, you got to get uncomfortable and you got to go get it. You have to. I think there's a lot of people out there that they don't know how to find their motivation. Um, and it could be because of fear. Yeah. I mean, how many times during your moves and taking these leaps where you like, I hope I'm making the right decision and the best decision. Every time. Every time, and it will always cross your mind. I remember still, I went on vacation, um, kind of. I uh, was on vacation, and when I had to make that, <laughs> I, I'll never forget. So I was doing loans, but still work for you know, AT&T. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the parking lot, calling Fidelity, and be like, do I have money to survive for six months if I quit my job? Right. 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 And I tell anybody out there to go quit your job, you yeah. know, but you got to have plans. Right. And there's a lot of people that get into this industry mm-hmm. who have other jobs, but they they can't quit their job because in our industry doing mortgages or real estate, yeah. you don't get paid right away. You don't. I don't think I got my first paycheck for 90 days, 120 days. So you, you have to have um, a cushion. But I remember calling Glenn, the owner of Premier Mortgage. I'm like, should I quit AT&T and do mortgages? He's <laughs> like... I'm not giving you that decision. I mean, obviously, I talked to Melissa first, and she's like, just follow your heart. And I knew for me, like, and, and this could go for a lot of people, is that when I did work for corporate America, I became unmotivated. Yeah. Because it was doing the same thing over and over. And the growth, like we talked about earlier, it, if you're not able to move and relocate, which I couldn't because, you know, we have kids from different parents, you know, et cetera. Right. So I was stuck. I was always stuck. And 
I'm glad that I was stuck because that was my step backwards to go forward with what I do now. And I think there's people out there that if you have fear or challenges, you have to really, I think, weigh them out and see which one, you know, which one's going to, you know, have heavier weight than the other one. Sometimes you got to take one step back to take two forward. I always say you have to. It's resilience. It is. You know? And um, so now you're in Texas, and you come visit Florida, you know, yeah. once a quarter, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so tell us something that maybe nobody knows about. Something that nobody... Something crazy that's happened to you <laughs> in your life. Um, all right, I got a good one for this. All right. So uh, when was this? This was back 2015, um, you might remember this one. So I had basically I'd won a raffle for a very, very rare pair of sneakers. Very rare. And this is this is my go-to. I tell this story all the time. And I I still to this day I can't even I can't believe it. It's the craziest thing. Do you I've still ever have done. the sneakers? <laughs> no, so we'll get on to that. Um I was store manager down in Naples Plaza down here and I had an employee of mine, Zeus, shout out to Zeus if you see this, basically had, you know, told me about these sneakers and hey, there's a raffle and it's 10 bucks a ticket, the whole deal. And, you know, I know that he had bought some and I'm like, oh, what are they? What are they? What do they look like? And did anybody know what the sneakers were? He did. I, I had no idea. Right. I had I had no idea what they were. Um but I said, whatever, 10 bucks, sure, let's do it. So I threw 10 bucks in to this raffle for, it was for the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's disease. And the sneaker was- There's your clue. Yep, there's your clue. The sneaker was the Nike Air Mag, Back to the Future shoe. But it wasn't like the 2011 where they released, I think they released 1,000 pairs in 20, 2011. The 2016 variant, there was only 89 of them ever made. and Worldwide. Worldwide, period. And they were full self-lacing. So like foot on, laces, yep, the whole deal. Lights, the whole deal. <coughs> so I, I bought the ticket. How many tickets did you buy? One. One ticket for <laughs> 10 bucks. All right. Okay? Completely forgot about the whole thing. Like forgot that, that I even did it. So is it like the Tesla truck? Everyone bought tickets <laughs> and they're still waiting? Still waiting. Still waiting. Out of nowhere, I'm at work one day and I get a phone call from like a four digit phone number. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and I was walking over to, I had walked outside to walk over to Publix to grab a public sub for lunch. Okay. And I answer the phone and it's like all this music in the background. And it's like, are you ready for the future? This, and I'm like, what is happening right now? But it, it grabbed your attention so much that I wasn't like going to hang up. I wanted to see what it actually right, was. Right, 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 right. And then the guy comes online. He's like, Anthony Tassone. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, how are you? He's like, my name's, I think it's Max or whatever with Nike, la, 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 like goes into the whole thing. Congratulations. Are you ready for the future? And I'm like, yeah, what are we talking about? He's like, your raffle ticket was selected and you are one of the lucky winners. And I'm like, what? So, of course, great. I won. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Then he went on to the disclaimer part, right? And he's... Music cuts off. This is like where it gets serious. Talks to me about how they're going to get them to me. Um, the whole deal. And he goes, you know, what I recommend is you treat these like cash. Okay. And he's like, 
I'd put them in a safety deposit box until you figure out what you want to do. And I'm over here like, what the, what, the, what are we talking about, man? $10 ticket for shoes. A pair of shoes. Like, what are we talking about? And speed forward, right? A couple weeks passed and it's delivery day, okay? And obviously I had seen the buzz on social media about this whole thing, okay? And I'll never forget because the shoes got delivered to me in a three, like a three bed Penske like truck. Like an armored truck. With armed security guards to my door. <laughs> and I'm over here like, what is happening right now? Like, it, it's the craziest thing. So I get them and I'm, I'm streaming live on Periscope. And I remember Isabella was so little. Periscope. Yeah, oh it was my God. Periscope, is that man, for app Twitter. Still there? It was like for Twitter or something. And um, Isabella was little and she's all excited. And I get the box, right? So I sign like, I felt like I was signing for a mortgage. House. It was ridiculous, <laughs> man. So I get the box. I come upstairs and I decide to open them up and I get a look at what they actually were. And I had pair pair number eleven. So I had pair number eleven of so they were numbered. Pairs. They were numbered, signed by Tinker Hatfield, who basically was the designer of the whole thing. So if you got pair number designer. one, was that a bigger deal? I don't know. I don't know if it was or not. Probably not. But my deal was pretty. It worked out. It worked out. So at first I'm like, all right, what, what do I do with these, right? What do I do with them? Well, my stream for Periscope had grabbed so much attention. Went viral. It went viral that I had Sneaker News, which is now, you can look them up, up on Instagram, huge deal. So Sneaker News reached out to me. They wanted to private jet fly me up to New York City with the shoes, security, the whole deal to make an offer. Wow. Um, I had a... He goes by the Sneaker Dawn. Um, he was a young kid, 18 back then. He's older now, but Benjamin Kicks was his name. He used to be you know, all over the place with DJ Khaled. They basically wanted me to come over to DJ Khaled's house over in Miami, and they were going to offer me 20 grand for him. I had um, Reggie Bush's assistant, whatever, sent me a email basically wanting to offer me so this was like it was insane. The shoes of shoes. It was insane. The like, holy grail. I, I couldn't believe it. I had no idea. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to jump just at the at the money that's coming at me right now. Let, let me see what I can do with them, right? So I had decided that I was going to post them on eBay and just see what happened. I wanted to see what happened. Let's just see what what where they go. Okay. So I post them. I got basically the. The ad had everything in it that you could possibly want to read. I was very detail-oriented like because I, I, I want to make sure that there were no questions what you're getting here. Okay? Right. So, the, you know, seven-day auction, the whole deal. Auction starts going. Um, I'll never forget the night that the auction closed. So I had just got done watching Wink News, okay? And I'm sitting in bed, and there's like, three minutes left in the auction and I'm sitting at like $20,100, whatever. The last 60 seconds come into play. Ding, 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 ding. And it just shot, man. It shot auction closed at $50,100 for shoes for a $10 raffle. Now, of course I'm skeptical. I'm like, all right, some dude just went on here and they're just, you know, playing around, bidding it up, the whole deal, right? It wasn't even two minutes after the auction closed, I received the notification that payment was paid. Done. And that I needed to ship them. 
And I'm sitting here like, there's what no way. So I call PayPal. I call eBay. They verify the funds are there. I need to ship them. The whole deal. So I go. I let everybody see them. So everybody, I remember seeing AT&T, them. I brought them yep. in. I let everybody, hey, look, try them all. Like, do what you want to do. Be easy. Like, we put them all. I boxed them all back up, right? Take them to the UPS store right here on Daniel, up in Fort Myers on Daniel's Parkway. I'm like, I need to ship these. Okay. Originally, I was going to fly them. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not safe. I, was probably, I probably shouldn't do that, like fly right. with them. Like, let me do it the right way. So I go to the UPS store and I'm like, I need to ship these. What do you have insurance? Oh, we have up to 50,000 insurance. I'm like, all right, great, perfect. I need 50,000. She's like, what is it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's a pair of shoes, a, a rare pair of shoes. And she's like, for $50,000? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, $50,000. I spent like $1,200. Just to, to get sh- it there. Just to ship them. And they were going to... 26 year old college student in California at UC Berkeley. Yeah. That's where they went or UC Davis, whatever one of them. And his father from Hong Kong is basically who bought them. So I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to, we're going to do this. We'll ship them. Right. The whole deal paid for the insurance. Everything's good. Paid everything. I go home and it's my day off. Right. And I'm relaxing. A couple hours passes. I get a phone call and it's from the UPS store. And I'm like, What's going on here? And they're like, oh, you know, we need you to come in here. I'm the area manager. We can't release these shoes. Like, you got to come open them. We got to take pictures of them. Oh, because of how much it was insured for. So I'm like, okay. So I go back up there. They take me in the back. They hand me a box cutter like we're not allowed to touch them. So I had to open the box. Like, they're taking all these pictures. And he's like, I will be watching these personally overnight. What's your phone number so I can text you? Wow. And... They got all the way there. Seller got them. Guy was super happy, super excited. Like, then the hell broke loose. Okay. So I ended up in a nightmare. For anybody that sells anything like this, I don't know what it is now, but back then. I don't know if we have anybody it was that's ever sold that much. A freaking nightmare with PayPal and eBay to the point that I almost had to sue them. Because they would not release my money. And I had did everything that I was supposed to do, that I was obligated to do as a seller. And they made it almost impossible. To get the money back. To get my money. Or get it out. Once I had threatened legal action. They released it. It was in my bank account within 72 hours. So what does somebody do with that much money now? Like, what what did you do? Like, what was your... That's $50,000 for a $10 raffle. So... There's a, let's talk the logical thing. The logical thing to do would be to save it. Right. Right. Save it. Or invest it. Or invest it. I kind of, that's what I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I remember on, we were back in, IPOs were the thing. We had just, I know you and I were talking, we had just um, purchased Snapchat. I think we, there was a couple other IPOs. It was, it was like the hot flavor. Every other week there was a new IPO coming out. Right. And I remember we had landed on one that we had talked about. I can't remember the name of it. It was Hamilton Lane Investments. Hamilton Lane. HLNE. HLNE. This is not a plug for HLNE. Okay. And it IPO'd intro was $17 a share. Okay. So I'm like, all right. I didn't have this money yesterday. I have it today. I'm just going to act like I don't have this money today. And I bought, it was, I don't know, 2,500 shares, whatever. On, on We didn't buy day. too much, I don't think. Uh, I bought enough. I, Somebody I, bought a lot. I, I bought know. a lot, okay. And I held it. 
for almost a year. I was almost a year. And I'll never forget when I went to go sell it. I was like, holy hell. Basically, I, I sold it. It was like $63, $64 a share when I sold it. Yeah, everyone three times. So I netted, I netted, I netted a nice penny there. But that was really like, it was a changing point in life for me. Um, and I agree. It, it's not, we could sit here and talk like figures, like look, a hundred, hundred some thousand dollars. Like it's a, it's a lot of money if you use it the right way, if you use it the right way. And for me, it was an opportunity for me to take another progressive step in my life. And that's what I did. I was able to pay all my student loans off. Um, and that's huge. Wiped them completely. That free. Um, didn't have to worry. I was, all my credit cards I had, we had, uh, couple cars um i was just able to pay everything off that i had actually you know yeah built up in debt and it was a changing point for me it's such a cool story like i I, i'm probably gonna be like 80 years old and tell my (laughs) grandchildren if they even know what back to the future is but obviously one of the greatest movies you know from back in the day it's It's one of my favorites now (laughs) it's amazing how much of the stuff that they predicted back then is like reality now you know jetson simpsons back to the future um it's such an awesome story and um let's wrap it up with this if you being in your leadership role which you've been in for a long time what is the single most like what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self. One piece of advice that I would give to my younger self. Um, build your network. Okay. Build your network. Um, and it goes back to the, the golden thread, right? Being comfortable, being uncomfortable. The more people you know, the people that you surround yourself with, that is your ceiling. And I say that and I hold it so true to my heart. Like... Who you surround yourself with, you show me five idiots, guess what? You're the sixth. (laughs) And and that's how I look at it. It's true, true, though. Who you surround yourself with is your foundation and your platform to catapult forward. And that's it. Like, that. that's how I hold it. And I surround myself with people that are like-minded, people that have that growth mindset, people that have that dog in them, right? And it's important. It's important that you understand. It's not, I'm not saying it's bad to have friends that are, Idiots. I have several of them. Okay. But you got to be able to draw the line in the sand and decide for yourself as an individual, your family, what is that path for you? And I think surrounding yourself with the right people is the foundation. And there's a lot of people out there, especially, you know, the younger generation. um, Think about people coming out of high school. Like they don't know what that looks like, right? You grow up with the same people. Yep. And, you know, I know people have gone to jail because they've hung out with the wrong people. And you really got to find for yourself, who is that circle? What is that circle that's going to, when you're having a bad day, lift you up? If you have a question, how do you get, you know, the answer? Or if you're struggling with something, and I say this all the time is, you know, for me, I was really having trouble in the beginning, like trying to get business in this industry. I had to figure it out and talk to people and make my little circle work, yeah. which is now great. And I met a lot of awesome people by doing that too. Yeah. And we all meet great people in leadership. Um, Tony, awesome. You know, thank you for telling your story. I appreciate you having me as a, uh, as a guest, the especially first the guest. first guest, like, Hey, I'm, I'm 
appreciative of that. Yeah, no, it's it's just really incredible and always been an inspiration. And I know you met a lot of people, um, you know, in our industry, you know, like right. Glenn and the others as well. Yeah. And um, all right, so we're going to wrap it up. So next episode is going to be part four, sustaining growth and success. So how do you sustain your growth and success once you get there? And again, if you've missed the other episodes, um, make sure you go back and watch them. You know, you're going to get some nuggets out of them. I know they're a little bit long. So if in the morning you drink your coffee, go to the YouTube. If you're driving, get us on the podcast. We're on all different channels. But um, really exciting um, to finish up this series of going to the next level. And this is Matt and this is Tony. And thanks for listening to. You've been listening to Beyond the Blueprint with Matt. Matt's passion is to talk about breaking the mold and exploring the uncharted territories of mortgages, real estate, faith, marketing, coaching, and so much more. Helping to show you there's always a way forward. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook and on all the major podcast channels at Beyond the Blueprint. See you next time.